welcome to our second episode of Navigating Chaos. I am Samantha Lusher, and I'm here with Amanda Cates. And this week, we are going to be talking about kids and social media. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so I'm going to let Amanda take a lead on this. Um, it was several years ago. I was at a mom's group meeting, and she actually came and spoke about kids and social media. And there were a lot of things that I didn't know. So, um, Amanda, what do you think is the most important thing that parents need to watch or worry about when it comes to kids and social media? Well, I think it's a parent needs to have a planned approach. You know, we raise our kids and we teach them how to walk. We teach them how to talk. And then, of course, we regret that we taught them how to say mom. But we have to teach them all these things. And as they're a toddler learning to walk, they have falls and they have slips and then they start running and the falls get worse. And life with social media isn't really different than starting that toddler phase with walking. There's going to be slips. There's going to be blips. There's going to be times that they think they're able to run and, and they're going to face plant. So... As a parent, you kind of have to uh, baby-proof the social media. I'm not, I'm not of the mindset that you just shouldn't allow it flat. Like that's not the way that I've approached it. But I know others have had sec- successful approaches with that. That's just not what has worked for me because my kids are too persistent in asking to be on social media. Right. So I, I went with educating myself so that I could walk them through um, how they should act on social media. You know, we teach our kids how to act in a public restaurant. We teach them how to act at school. We kind of have to do the same thing here. We got to hold their hands and, and realize that it should be baby steps and that they also need to realize that we're teaching them how to navigate a new world. So you, as a parent, you got to set your boundaries. You have to know what you're comfortable with. If you aren't on Snapchat, that should not be the first social media that your child gets. Right. I've heard some really scary things about Snapchat in particular. Yes. You know, the fact that things can disappear from there, it really makes a parent's job more difficult. Um, Instagram is kind of a a good one, especially for... um, kind of the tween, teen, girl age, uh, because they're all about taking the selfies anyway, right? Right. And as a parent, you can monitor what your child's doing. Now, you have to do that in twofold. You have to monitor them from your end. But in the beginnings, until that trust is built, you have to monitor them on their end too. You've got to make sure that you're looking to see what they're posting, and what groups or what kind of privacy settings they have. You want to make sure that, you know, random strangers can't locate them for for one thing. But two, you want to make sure that you haven't been put into a special privacy setting so that you're only seeing half of what your child's posting. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So my daughter, she doesn't really have social media. She is 12 years old. She has um, Kids Messenger, which is nice because they can't really delete things. And you can see it. And I can see it. Yes. And so I can choose who she's talking to on there. 
But even with that, they can do like FaceTiming. And so that can get, you know, a slippery slope because they could be talking about anything yes. on there. And that's something you won't be able to see. Yes. And, you know, too, in FaceTiming, there's, uh, there's background things that could be seen. Uh, you kind of have to make sure that you know the person, particularly if your child's young like this, that you know uh, not just the child that they're talking with, but kind of the uh, environment that the child's in, because you don't want your child seeing something that you wouldn't approve of. Right. So, yeah, um, that that can be tricky. Uh, you know, another thing that, that parents have to watch for is things like Kids Messenger. That's made for kids. So Messenger is going to have um, products in place within itself to protect a child. For social medias that are not made for children, a child may not have legal coverage should there be like a data breach or a bullying situation or um, even just a, somebody with poor intentions uh, targeting your child on that app. If, if the COPA laws are not written the COPA laws are not written to protect children. They're written for, you know, assuming everybody is 13 or up on an app and or even 18 and up. And your rights start as soon as you click, I agree to the terms of use. And if you don't know those terms of use, you don't know what protections or what age any protections may be. So if something were to, if there were a data breach and photos of a 12-year-old are leaked, but that 12-year-old has agreed that they are 18 to use this app, they're no longer covered because that's not a valid contract. Right. And let's be honest, as adults, we don't always read what we're agreeing to no. online. And kids especially are not going to be reading that. And if they are, I mean, as adults, even if we read it, are we comprehending it? Right. How is the child going to comprehend those terms that, you know, kind of wrap, we can't wrap our own heads around? Right. They just want to talk to their friends. Exactly. They're not worried. They're not thinking about the possible consequences. No. and But that's why it's baby steps, right? That's why we baby-proof our coffee tables and we baby-proof our fireplaces because kids don't think that, I shouldn't run in the living room because the edges of the coffee table or fire table or fire hearth are, are sharp. They just think, I'm going to run because running is fun. Right. And then, you know, you're in the emergency room. All right. So let's talk about how we can put limits on social media. So for me, and everybody's going to be different. This is my own experience. There are apps that you can do that can help you set um, time limits for uh, when certain apps are used, time limits for when um, uh, internet can be accessed by a device, period. A lot of parental controls can be installed. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be an ever-changing world. I could tell you that, you know, X is the perfect app today and Tomorrow there's a brand new app or an update to that app and it no longer does mm -hmm. what we thought it would do. So you're going to have to do the research to find out what's going to be best for your family and for what your child and your goals are for social media. But 
If you set the limits small, then as your child gains your trust, you can expand those limits. If you just let your child download whatever app they want, and then you find out it's not safe, you're now having to take something away. And we all know how it goes to take something away from our child. It ensues a fight, then we get mad, they get mad, and then we feel bad, they feel bad, and there's a whole array of emotions that go into that. But if you set the limits small, it's so much easier to be able to expand as trust is gained Mm -hmm. than it is to try to to pull back or delete stuff. Um, You know, deleting apps off of phones, you can see when an app has been downloaded. Right. And, you know, you can go into somebody's app store and you can tell that, okay, here's a little cloud icon. I use iPhones if you can't tell. Um, But... Once something's been deleted, you can't see if it's re-downloaded unless you're going in and checking that phone. And there are even apps that will allow uh, people, anybody, it doesn't have to be a teenager or a teen, preteen, but will allow anybody to hide a different app inside of them. Right. And I've even seen you can change the icon of an app so it looks like something completely different. Yes. So that's... That's a slippery slope, and as a parent, it's going to be so much easier if you set those limits small Mm -hmm. and let them expand than if you try to take stuff away, because then you could be dealing with all kinds of stuff trying to be hidden from you, and and that's going to open a whole other can of worms, and you don't want to have to go down that road. So start small. Set your limits. Allow yourself to expand on those. Uh, Make sure that whatever social media it is that that your child is begging for and you've finally given in, uh, that you follow them, friend them, whatever the term is for that particular app. But you have to go in and you have to inspect what you expect on, on your own to see what they're posting. And then from their end to make sure that you are seeing everything that they're posting And two, it's not going to hurt you to check to see who all they're connecting with on an app because it could be somebody you don't want them connecting with. Right. And you mentioned iPhones. I'm also an iPhone user. Yeah. One thing I love um, is a feature to set up a child's iCloud account that is connected to yours. Mm -hmm. And so I was nervous about my daughter having a phone to begin with. But once she went to middle school and she was riding the bus and having after-school activities, it is very handy for them to have a phone where you can reach them. It really is. You know, one of my favorite things to do at night is to lay in bed and text my children goodnight. Because, of course, I sent them to bed and told them goodnight and gave them a hug and kiss and all that stuff, you know, hours before I went to bed. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, still up doing homework that they didn't tell me about or um, whatever it is that they can be doing to not fall asleep. So when I lay down, I typically just send, you know, especially if I know for sure they're awake, I send a quick good night, love you text to my kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's cool because I can tell my kid who's in the basement in his room, good night. I can tell the one who's, you know, in the room next door or on the opposite side of the house, Mm -hmm. good night. And sometimes I will even do it in a little group chat between all of us. I like that my kids have phones. Yeah. It lets me know where they are. It lets me contact them quickly. I know some parents are, you know, kind of iffy on the phone thing. I like the added communication I can get. I agree. We had a situation where my daughter's bus was in an accident. Yes. And 
she calls me, and the first thing she says is, Mom, I'm okay. <laughs> and I just wanted to let you know our school bus was in an accident. And so I didn't hear from the school after they had figured everything out, gotten the kids to the school. It was about an hour, hour and a half later that, until I actually heard from the school. Right. So I would have not known. Or you could have found out from other means in between. Right. And then just spent the whole time worrying. Right. So, and I could hear the sirens from our house. So I was so thankful that she had a phone. Now, I set her limits using the children's iCloud because I can control her phone from my phone. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. So during school hours, she can only contact a select group of people. So that would be mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. That's awesome. And then I set it to where she gets off of school, then, you know, she has access to other things. But that's just a really awesome feature. And I am really thankful that we allowed her to have a phone. Yeah, I enjoy um, doing things like that with my kids. We even play games on our phones. You know, you can do um, Uno on a phone. Um, We'll do little random things where we um, text via emoji only so Mm -hmm. you have to you know communicate your feelings via emoji or or gif or gif or whatever um yeah we have we have fun with that kind of stuff um the other thing i i like the way i have my icloud set up is all of our phones you can see when somebody downloads a new app because it pops up on everyone right that's how we have it too so it's so cool I know I woke up, um, let's see what the name of this app was. I woke up yesterday and there was an app called um, Alba. No idea. It's a little game app, little game app. You have to like sign in. Um, Yeah, some kind of arcade theme. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to worry too much about that. And then there was a couple weeks ago, um, Go Noodle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyone, <laughs> anyone in the family is happy to watch Go Noodle at any time. I'm good with that. So it's kind of fun to see little things pop up. And then, you know, sometimes uh, I know before I let anyone in my house have Snapchat, it randomly appeared. And I'm like, hmm, what's going on with this? Mm-hmm. And so I asked, and sure enough, one of my kids had downloaded it at a friend's house. And um, the friend was telling them, oh, don't worry about it. Your parents will never know. Mine don't know. Well, this mama found out. Right. So, and that was another one of those where it's like, okay, well now, you know, let's discuss this. It's a teaching moment. This is why we do or don't have it. If you really, really want it, then you're going to have to prove to me that you're worthy of this. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going to have to give me access to your phone at any time that I ask. Mm-hmm. I pay for it anyway. so Exactly. I always <laughs> tell my daughter, I'm like, I-, I let you use it, but it's my phone. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, there are, um, there are unexpected things that can pop up just because a child has a phone that aren't necessarily uh, social media. Mm-hmm. You know, um, group texts, friends. Kids have friends. The friends like to get a whole group chat going together, especially when they're all kind of somewhat isolated. I know things have loosened up over COVID and a lot of kids are back in school now, but sometimes, you know, somebody's quarantined for a little bit, so they're not in there. So group chats are are really popular. I do want to warn parents, though, 
that you have to be careful of manipulations with group texts. A lot of times, even though it's just the simple texting app, someone can go in and change the name of whatever contact in their phone, and it would make it appear that uh, that person either has a different name or that something that person A is saying is actually being said by person B. So you kind of have to be careful and, and make certain that you're going through and that you're inspecting these. And uh, I always tell my kids, never, never put anything in a group text you wouldn't say to someone's face. Mm-hmm. And uh, never say anything hurtful because you don't, you don't want somebody to screenshot that and send it off. You don't want someone to um, be able to construe anything negative And you always want, on your end, your post to be positive. So that should you become, I hate the word victim, Mm -hmm. but, you know, should you become the victim of someone altering intentionally to make things look bad on you, you want on your end to be able to say, hey, look, these are the rest of my texts. That's completely out of context to anything else that I have said. Mm -hmm. And that way, not that blame should always be placed on others, but at least that way your character can hopefully stay intact through whatever type of drama someone is trying to create. Right, because ultimately you're gonna, they're going to be held accountable for that situation yes. because they participated in it. Yes. So they have to really be watchful of who they're talking to mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully we can get to know our kids' friends and kind of know their character as well. Yes, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the maybe cyberbullying type of thing and how that can affect, like, mental health and things like that. And I think that goes along with Instagram a little bit. Yeah. Because... Right? Instagram perfect. Instagram perfect. They see things and they might feel bad that well, everyone else's life is perfect. And why is mine, why does my life not look like that? I know, like, when I take pictures of anything in my house, um, I always try to make sure that the floor is clean if it's going to be in that particular shot mm-hmm. or that there's, you know, not somebody's random bag of chips laying mm-hmm. in the photo. You know, we, we all try to kind of clean up and, and present an image that uh, if you were to knock on our door, our house would look clean. Uh, I can say for sure, if you were to knock on my door right now, um, you could probably find a few areas that I could take a, an Instagram-worthy picture of. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be able to find a few areas that uh, would show that my house is not always clean. And the fruit in the fruit basket, there may be a rotten piece and there's probably dirty dishes in the sink. And I guarantee you somebody has dirty socks on the living room floor. Absolutely. And that's the same at my house because that's just life, right? Right. We're but not, that's not what I post. No. Because yeah. we always want to put our best foot forward, whether exactly. it be in person or whether it be what we're posting online. Yes. And so, you know, I'm not going to post dirty dishes in my sink. Are there dirty dishes in my sink? Absolutely. Because yep. we left this morning to go to school and drop kids off right. and I'm not doing the dishes before 
No, I'm not waking up early enough to do the dishes. I like my sleep too much. Right. The kids got to school on time. That's a win. That's, that <laughs> is the win for the day. Exactly. So, you know, for kids, they don't get that their friends are only posting the really fun stuff, the really cool stuff. You know, for us as moms, we're going to post the clean version of our home. Um, that's not that's not going to relate to a child who is thinking in black or white. Mm-hmm. You know, they're thinking, I see this, therefore it must be true. Because right. what do we tell them all the whole time they're growing up? A picture's worth a thousand words. Well, the picture does lie. It does. And then you have apps out there like Facetune and all of these where you can make yourself 40 pounds lighter and have no acne or anything like that and kids think this is what people look like yeah and it's it's not so you do have to prepare your child for you know reality Mm -hmm. versus uh instagram perfect not to dog instagram we're not dogging instagram here but you know i mean pictures are uh well you know everybody has photoshop on their phone now yeah they do yeah yeah there's you know, there's some other scary stuff that can happen online um, that can kind of target children that they don't even think of. You know, we've kind of geared this towards the, the tweenish kind of age group so far. But um, as your kids start oh, dating mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and their social media, oh, I mean, yeah, right? Date, your kids dating makes you kind of throw up in your mouth a little bit anyway. And then you throw in social media with that and all of these apps that they can use to contact each other. Um, one thing that, that really can be sneaky for, for children to navigate is um, sexting. Mm-hmm. Ugh, can, I mean, do we have to say that? Like, you know, oh, it's, it's a terrible term. It, it just is. makes you cringe. It makes you cringe. And, you know, things that, that we want our children to wait until they are married to even think about, right. um, they're, they're navigating those, those thoughts. And, of course, TV and um, media, sex is out there a lot more than the stuff that we would have watched on, you know, mm-hmm. ABC, NBC, and, and that kind of network things are different now and kids kind of pick stuff up earlier sometimes they even think that they should participate in those activities earlier Um, one thing that can can sneak up on kids so quick is not just being targeted for child porn but the fact that if a child and by child I mean anyone under the age of 18 Mm -hmm takes a selfie that is or an inappropriate picture and then sends it, they have just sent child porn. Right. And you don't really think that that's something that your children are going to have to navigate. You know, as parents, we think we're protecting our child from becoming child porn. Mm -hmm. Not that um, by possibly interacting with whoever they're dating – they could become a producer of child porn or a receiver of child porn. 
or particularly a distributor even. You know, um, you show a picture around a locker room, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens. So that's one thing that kids really don't get either. And, and it's not the young ones on this end. This is the older ones. They don't understand that when they are dating and, and they're getting in maybe a little deeper than what their parents would want, mm-hmm. um, they, they could really be setting themselves up for some major harm. Because once you take that picture and you send it, if your girlfriend's, boyfriend's, anyone's parents find that, um, that really could land you in the position of becoming a registered sex offender. Right, because you never really know what someone who has that is going to do with it. You don't. And, you know, I mean, I'm not married to my high school sweetheart. No, I, I am not either. I, I don't think any of my friends really even are. So sending those those pictures while as parents, especially for us parents in ministry, mm-hmm. um, you know, our hope is that our, our children live biblically and that we're not going to have to worry about that. But we do have to educate our kids still because we know that mistakes happen. And the, our children need to know that sending or receiving those um, risque or beyond Mm-hmm. photos could really land them in a lot of trouble. And that's not going away. I mean, once you're on that registry, you're on that registry. Right, forever. Yeah. Yeah, can do a lot of damage. Talk about damage to your mental health. I mean, that's, you know, that's really setting a, a child up for failure. Right, you don't want that to carry, you don't want them to have to carry that with them. No. Because of something they probably don't even think is a big deal. Right. So communication is so important. I know TikTok is the big thing right now. Yes. And all the dances and things like that. Mm-hmm. But anyone can really see that. And you don't know who you're talking to necessarily. So the trust that they're not going to do something with images you send them. That's right. There's absolutely no trust there. There's no way to know. So we really just have to be careful. Yes, especially. I know um, just at my house last night, dishes were done. Okay, y'all, my sink, no, not all of the dirty dishes fit in the dishwasher. So I still had dirty dishes in my sink. But the dishwasher was running. The dishwasher (laughs) had ran, was clean. Nobody had emptied it and put it away yet. And so my older son goes and grabs a yogurt. And needs a spoon to eat it with. Mm-hmm. Well, there are no clean spoons in the silverware tray mm-hmm. in the drawer. So instead of opening the dishwasher, he grabs an ice cream scooper. <laughs> right? So this this is like, this is my house all day, every day, y'all. So he grabs an ice cream scooper, and he's using that to eat his yogurt. My 12-year-old thinks it's hilarious and starts videoing it. Then my three older kids all think that that's pretty funny. So then they decide that that needs to be a TikTok and they need to put music with it. So then they get to work on this. Oh, no. Well, the next thing you know, my 12-year-old's upstairs um, playing uh, some baseball game online with his friends. And my 17-year-old's laying on the floor and he's like, JJ's video just showed up on my For You page. We're like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, like, well, of course, I mean, in my head, 
it should have shown up on your For You page because it was of you, but you weren't tagged in it or anything. So right. the fact that this showed up was pretty funny. And then my ninth, well, 19 on Friday, she's like, oh my gosh, he's on my For You page too. So it, you know, these things. And he, <laughs> my 12 year old had thrown the um, hashtag on it, idiot brother. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, probably not the kindest thing to say about his brother, but it was kind of funny. I mean, they're siblings. He it was, happens. He was eating yogurt, with not even frozen yogurt, y'all. Yogurt. <laughs> with an ice cream scooper. So, yeah. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, so that just goes to show you, when they're out there, they're there. Are out there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, and of course, everybody was excited he was on their For You page. He was excited he was on it. Um it, but you don't know who else is for you, Paige, that was showing up on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, you know, just to close this out, there is a book that I like. It is called Right Click, kind of cute little name. It's parenting your teenager in the digital media world. Um, it is written by Kara Powell, Art Bramford, and Brad Griffin. Uh, just so you can hear a few things that have been said about it. John Acuff, right, everybody's favorite Christian. Um, He says, my favorite thing about this book is that it doesn't take a doom and gloom approach to technology. It recognizes the bad parts and the good parts, providing a roadmap for the future. I like that. Um, I think that that's that's the the way that I want to go about parenting my kids through social media, through the internet as a whole. Uh, so if you are uh, somebody here at Christ Church, um, I do have some books on this or this particular book available for parents if any of them would like it. Or if you're just listening to us, uh, feel free to Google this book. You can pick up a copy. Um, I believe, I know you can get one from the theorangestore.org. So head there, pick it up. It's going to be a really good read, and it's going to make you feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. about navigating the social media world with your child. Maybe you won't have to go, social media, dun, dun, dun. All right, well, thanks for joining us today, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.